Hey, and welcome to the Yours Truly podcast, or welcome back, should I say, if this is not your first time here, but if it is and you want to kick off January with us, I am super happy that you have found us. This is episode 176 of the show. My name is Claire Tuning. I'm a dietitian obviously the host of this podcast, but I am also the human being behind all things at yours, Julie Nutrition, which if you are new here, you should know is a very intentional pun on my last name, Tuning, which yes, is my real last name. Sometimes I've been asked if it's a, if it's a front, if it's a stage name. <laughs> no, it's not, but it is very fitting for a dietitian. But since we are kicking off 2023, did I say 2022 earlier? I I hope not. Listen, I'm sitting down to record this intro after I've said a lot of words otherwise today, so I'm just crossing my fingers that everything comes out mostly okay. But we're starting 2023 here on the podcast. Yes, I know it is nearing the end of January when this episode is coming out, so we're hopefully settled into the new year, but this is our first time connecting on the podcast. And because of that, I thought it would be appropriate to kick us off here in the intro with a list of things that we are leaving behind in 2022 as we start this new year. First, I hope and pray that we are leaving behind counting coffee as a meal. I don't care how much protein powder, how much of a protein drink that you're dumping into your coffee, be it hot or iced, that does not make it a meal. A meal is made up of foods from several food groups that are satisfying, maybe some different flavors and some textures are present. And while coffee can be a wonderful addition to a meal, it can be a great pick-me-up in the morning or early afternoon in addition to a meal or a snack, it is not the meal substitute on its own. We are also leaving behind, hopefully, hating on carbs or any other macronutrient because the nutrition truth of the matter is we need all macronutrients in order to survive and thrive. And by that, I mean we need protein, we need carbohydrates, and we need fats, and we need other things that come in the foods that give us those macronutrients, meaning our vitamins, our minerals, our water, all the things. So we are not going to single out one food group or one macronutrient and hate on it or make wild claims like it's toxic or you shouldn't be eating it that is so last year if you know what i mean also i hope we're leaving behind listening to influencers who use those words like bad or toxic to describe foods that are perfectly okay to eat and enjoy the only bad foods are the ones that are actually spoiled, and the only foods that you shouldn't be eating are those you are allergic to or those that you feel really terrible after eating. And you know your body better than I ever will, so you make the decisions on what those foods are. Otherwise, it's okay to enjoy a variety of foods. And lastly, this is not an all-inclusive list, but this is the last thing I'm going to list for now. I'm hoping we can leave behind commenting on other people's bodies and or their food choices. Someone else's body and their choices with food are none of your business. They're none of my business. You know what's best for you, so let's all focus on that individually. 
So like I said, not an not a all-inclusive, all-encompassing list, but maybe that puts us into a good mindset heading into this new year of the things that we are no longer going to engage with or spend our time and mental energy on here in 2023. Now, I have a guest to introduce to you all on today's episode. I'm really excited about this guest. I think the timing will be really great, seeing as though we are heading into the new year and we might be focusing on feeding ourselves and making tweaks to our grocery shopping or our meal planning routines. So we're going to get to that here in a minute, but I am recording this episode on... Monday. If you're listening in real time, it's the Monday of the week this episode airs. And this is a really exciting day because this is the day that the newest lower ticket way to work with me in 2023 is officially open for enrollment. This is something that I have been working on since October of last year. It has been under wraps. I've had it in secret. I've been sprinkling little hints and details over social media, but I am so thrilled that it is finally open out in the world and people are beginning to join. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I am referring to the Your Julie Collective. And the collective is your monthly membership ticket to live, no judgment nutrition classes, cooking skills workshops, and non-diet community support. The collective is really a membership option that I built for two types of people. So the first kind of person I built this for is for someone who wants the tools needed to build a better relationship with food and nutrition in their bodies this year, but they don't want that high ticket investment that comes working one-on-one with a registered dietitian. I know one-on-one work is powerful and I love the one-on-one work with clients that I do, but I also recognize that it is not the most accessible way to get nutrition information. So this is for you if you want information and you want support, but that one-on-one isn't for you. It's also for you, or the second kind of person I built this membership for is for someone who has worked with a dietitian one-on-one before, and they're now looking for ongoing group and community support in maintaining those behavior shifts and mindset changes that hopefully came from working one-on-one with that dietitian. So included in the collective membership, you're going to get monthly live masterclasses on a variety of intuitive eating and nutrition and body image topics. These will be hosted by me mostly, but we do have a few guest coaches in the lineup for future months. You're also going to get access to monthly Q&A sessions in our member exclusive Facebook community. So you'll have the chance to submit questions about the masterclass topic or other nutrition stuff that is top of mind for you and get answers from me on a monthly basis as well as support from other community members and the part of the membership that I am admittedly most excited for is for our quarterly live cooking skills classes So one major gap that I have seen in the nutrition education, specifically the intuitive eating space, is we talk a lot about the importance of including a variety of foods and how fun and creative that can be. 
but I haven't seen a lot of things that actually teach the skills necessary to incorporate that variety, to make food taste good, basic cooking skills that you're probably going to use every time you set foot in your kitchen to build a meal or to build a snack that's going to be nutritionally varied and satisfied, satisfying rather. So we're going to touch base quarterly with these live cooking skills classes. And it's not just going to be cooking one recipe at the same time as me and everyone else. Yes, you're going to get recipes and meal ideas as a result of these classes, but we're really going to be honing in on the skills and the cooking and nutrition knowledge that you need to be more confident and independent in the kitchen. So we officially kick off the membership on February 1st. That is a Wednesday that's coming up very soon, at least from the release date of this episode. And we have our first three months content calendar that I already have released. I've been hyping it up on social media and this content calendar is stacked. So to give you an idea, February's masterclass is about intuitive eating versus impulsive eating. And we'll be talking about some tools to help you feel more connected to your body while eating and making food decisions rather than feeling out of control in that process. In March, our live class, we're going to be talking about gentle nutrition and how we can take it into the kitchen and understand nutrition better so we can make plates and bowls of food that actually taste good and they make us feel good as well. Our first cooking skills class is going to be coming in early April, and we're going to be talking about some easy ways to make vegetables actually taste good so you and other members of your household can get excited and look forward to including veggies more in your life. And then lastly, our April masterclass, we're going to be talking about food cravings, more specifically how to identify your cravings, how to understand them, where they come from, and approach them with curiosity so that you can respond with care, not judgment, and not shaming yourself for having those cravings. For the collective, there's a minimum commitment of three months to join us, and you can either invest and pay monthly as you go for $97 monthly, or you can save about 34 bucks by investing 257 for the three months in full. So again, you have the option to pay monthly as you go if that lower sum works better for you, or if you want to pay for your first three months in full, you can save a little bit by doing so. After your first three months is up in the collective, you're going to get an email from me asking if you are done and you want to leave the collective or if you want to join us and recommit for another three month stint. Now, if you're listening to this episode the week that it airs here, the week of January 23rd, enrollment for the collective is officially open. Doors are open. Come join us. But they are closing this Sunday, January 29th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. After that, enrollment for the collective will be closed and it's not reopening again until April. 
So if you are hearing this in live time and you're feeling the pull, you want that community support, the ongoing education and tools from myself, from a dietitian, again, at much lower of a price point than one-on-one coaching, I invite you to come and learn more and join us. The membership is going to be capped at 45 members total plus my current one-on-one clients. So again, if you feel the nudge, come join us before doors close at the end of this week. And if you're listening after this week of January, when the episode airs, then you will have to hang on and make a note in your calendar to check back with me on Instagram in late April, because that is when doors are opening again. So to learn more about the collective and claim your spot, maybe you're one of those 45 people who is going to join me. You can visit the link in the show notes below. And I'm also going to be talking all about the collective on my Instagram stories this week. So you can check in there for the link as well. But for now, let's go ahead and get to today's episode all about making meal prep more manageable. I wanted to air this episode in January because like I said earlier, I know this time of year, a lot of us might be thinking about the tweaks that we want to make to our grocery shopping routine or our meal planning strategies. And I wanted to be sure we gave our special guest Elia the opportunity to really share her expertise and all of the creative tips that she has to make meal prep feel more fun and less intimidating and more creative as well. You'll even hear at one point, in this episode, she throws out an idea that I am mind blown by. I was like, I've never thought to do that. That's amazing. And I have done it since. So you'll have to wait and see what the tip is I'm referring to. A bit about Elia before we get into our episode. She is a New York-based personal chef chef and meal prepping coach who is passionate about food and feeding the ones she loves. She believes that meal prepping is the new fast food. Elia helps busy parents and professionals design a sustainable meal prep routine, save time and money, reduce food waste, and eat well all through the power of meal prep. From in-home meal prep, coaching, and her co-cooking collective, Prep and Party, her offerings are designed to take the guesswork out of feeding yourself. If you like what Elia has to share during this episode and you want to learn more from her and get into her circle, you can find her on Instagram at feed your sister. And we also have that linked below. You'll also know if you listen to the episode all the way to the end that Elia mentions a freebie that she has available and ready for you to download. So you can find the link to that in the show notes as well. If you would like to claim free access. But without further ado, let's go chat with Elia. Enjoy. Hey, Elia, welcome to the Yours Truly podcast coming in from New York City. How are you? Hi, Claire. I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day here. So I am excited to record this podcast with you. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk all things meal prepping. We have some great Q&A or some cues that you will give the A's to that I sourced from Instagram. So we're going to get into all of that. But the first questions I have for you are five, this or that. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. The first one, I'm going to keep it food theme for some and non-food theme for others. But the first one is pizza or tacos. Easy pizza. That's my favorite. (laughs) Okay. Well, are you from New York, like born and raised? 
Yeah. Okay. Not, so it, not Manhattan, but Long Island. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> so is it like a dumb question for me to ask? What style uh, of pizza? It's obviously like a New York style, probably. <laughs> yeah, like crispy, not sloppy, perfect amount of cheese, really hot and chewy crust. That's what I like. <laughs> I told you before we hit record that I was in New York over the summer yeah. and my friend and I stopped at Joe's. Yeah. Pizza. In um oh you in the Greenwich Village yep and Gre- that's where it was exactly where it was we got many recommendations that we had to go there the line was out the door they were like cash only I was like this is unlike any other place I've ever been to but it was good <laughs> yeah there's a, some really good pizza here so <laughs> good question moving on from pizza if you're at an amusement park are you a roller coaster person or a not roller coaster person. I'm, I'm not either, but I like the thrill and I'll just scream the whole roller coaster basically and like freak out the whole time, but like enjoy it sort of. Yeah. So I don't like puke or anything from it. So that's good. Get on the coaster, but it's not going to be a calm, quiet ride. It's going to be like screaming my head off. That's me too. The entire time. Yeah. I've actually, have you ever been to Copenhagen? Uh Uh-uh. No. Okay. Well, they have like this crazy uh like amusement park there I forget what it's called but they have this crazy roller coaster where you're like upside down for like what feels like a minute and like it was so nauseating (laughs) I didn't get sick but like that was the worst slash like craziest roller coaster I've ever been on (laughs) yeah where I've never been there but where I am in Virginia we have a bush gardens really close and it's a really big amusement park and I used to be terrified of roller coasters but I went about a year ago it was last October exactly and I decided to ride all of them I was like what's the worst that can happen thankfully I didn't get sick on any of them but the last one we rode it was called Alpengeist and I was on the brink I won't do that one again but I will gladly do the others because it just had so many corkscrews and upside down parts it was not fun Yeah. They're scary. Yeah. Okay. Night out or night in? Oh, I'm definitely a night in now person. (laughs) (laughs) I have to push myself to go out now, but, um, but yeah, I love being home. Like I love like sitting in my bed and just watching TV or on the computer in bed working, like just cozy. A woman after my own heart. Same. I'm just like, I would like to be at home in comfy clothes with my little socks on. (laughs) Yeah. So much nicer in my opinion, especially as it gets colder than like going out and braving the wind and the cold. Um, Okay. Another food one, cake or pie? Um, Depends which pie, but definitely cake. I'm more of like a cupcake cake person versus like apple pie, cherry pie, blueberry. I only like pumpkin pie pretty much. This is a great season for you then, since we're recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I tell people that I'm mostly into cake for the icing of it all. I'm a big yeah. icing person, but there's just too many fruits in pies. Like I love, yeah. fruit, but I don't really want fruit in my dessert. Yeah, uh, I don't like cooked mushy fruit typically. Yeah. Like I like the crumble of the mm-hmm. pies and like the crust. Um, so. That's how I go about that. It's not I do more fun. crust than fruit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Final question. If you're going to travel, would you prefer to travel on a train or a plane? 
Oh, um, hmm. A plane, because I can go further away. Yeah, sure. you can go farther and you don't have to be trapped on a train for seven days. Hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God we live in 2023, almost. Almost. 2022. <laughs> I have to look at the calendar. By the time this episode comes out, it might be 2023. So, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe your, uh, your slip there was right. But now that we've done a little bit of this or that, I would love for you to just tell me and the audience as well a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and also how you came to do what it is that you do now. Um, Okay, so I am a meal prep chef, chef, uh, personal chef in New York City, and I'm also a meal prep coach uh, virtually. Um, And I specialize in meal prep and I help people, mainly busy parents, professionals, learn how to meal prep efficiently so that they can live, um, you know, a more nourishing, energetic life um, and also save money, get back their time, reduce food waste, and really just learn like all the tricks and tips in the kitchen so that they can, you know, enjoy being in the kitchen again and feed feed the ones that they love. Because that's one of my big things is why I started Feed Your Sister is because I love feeding my friends and family. Um, That's like my love language. So, you know, I want to pass that through my clients because I really do believe that when you meal prep, it like infiltrates into like every part of your life, you know, what, how you're feeling, how you're sleeping, um, your health um, and all those, you know, like we need food to survive. So everyone needs to learn. And I think it's like a really important life skill to have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the dietitian in me and the human being in general agrees wholeheartedly. I tell my clients, any of my clients current or past who are listening, they've heard this a million times, but I say, we have to eat every single day, multiple times a day for the rest of our life. So if that experience is stressful, if we always feel unprepared or like it's this huge decision that sucks all of this energy out of us, then it is going to get into the rest of our lives. It is going to impact our energy levels and how we're showing up. And if we're feeling hungry, then we're not going to be able to think super clearly or show up in relationships like we like. So I agree very much so that our relationship with food and how we are eating and how we are planning for that can play a role in how we feel day to day. Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's so powerful. Um, and I do think that like the planning part is, is like the first, you know, once you have the plan, it's so much easier. Um, but I know that a lot of probably your clients struggle with that part. So that's where I come in. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us can probably agree that having some sort of a plan, the framework that I, I, I call it a loose plan, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be this thing where it is this exact way and I cannot stray from this and I'm a bad person if it doesn't play out exactly how I planned. But a loose plan makes eating less stressful, <laughs> less of this like energy suck, like I said earlier. But I think sometimes getting the plan or deciding on the plan is what I hear from my clients tends to be the most overwhelming part. It's like, I would love to have that. 
I would love for eating to be less stressful, but the thought of deciding what I'm going to eat five days from now feels overwhelming because it's Sunday and I don't know what Thursday or Friday is going to hold. So I'm hoping we can get into some of that in the questions that I have. I popped up a poll on my Instagram or a question box, rather, you already know this, but to fill in our audience asking what questions they have for a meal prep expert, someone who does this for a living and who has helped a lot of people. So I have, what do I have? Four to five questions here. We're just going to go through them and answer them however you want. Give us as many tips and we'll love it. So the first one, or the first two rather tie into each other. So I got a couple of questions about, Mm -hmm. don't you always get sick of eating the same thing? I think a lot of the times when we hear the words meal prep, we are all conditioned to envision the same exact meal in these little Tupperware containers (laughs) with the exact portions every single day. And a lot of people associate that with, I get bored. There's no variety. I won't want to eat that days three, four, and five. So it ties into the next question about how do you prep a variety of meals without spending, this person said 20 hours in the kitchen. (laughs) How do we do it, Elia? Tell us. (laughs) Well, we don't spend 20 hours in the kitchen. That is like terrible. I, I feel, you know, nobody should spend 20, da- 20 hours in a kitchen with or without meal prep, <laughs> um, unless you're a chef, like five, seven days a week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a lot of myths to debunk in this whole question. You know, the first thing I want to say is meal prep clearly doesn't need to be the same thing every day, nor does it need to be a new recipe every single day that's complicated and has a million ingredients. Um, You know, I like to think of meal prep as a mix of a million, like a few different things, Um, a mix of maybe a new recipe that you were inspired by that you saw on Instagram or something that you want to try. That could be, let's say like a curry, which, you know, probably makes a big bowl. Um, And then a mix of like components where you have vegetables, you have proteins, you have your carbs, your grains, whatever that is um, that you like. And then you always make like a sauce or a dressing. And that way, you, you know, that sort of feeds into not getting sick of eating the same thing over and over again. You're not, you don't have to eat that curry every single day till it's gone. Um, and of course, this is impacted by how many people are in your household. But as a one person living alone, it, it, it can get boring. And so what I do and what I teach my clients is to really sort of think ahead and plan for the freezer. The freezer comes into play like hugely. And um, also like, you know, thinking about ways to split up your protein so that you don't make it all turkey burgers. You can make some, you know, sloppy joes or, you know, different things with the same protein. Um, but I do wait, so let's review the question. How do you, um, okay. So yeah, so I don't believe that anyone should spend more than like tops three hours a week in the kitchen. Like there's just no, no need. And obviously the more you do it and practice meal prepping, um, you'll become more efficient and you'll spend less time in the kitchen on Sunday or whatever day is your meal prep day. Um, but yeah, I like to tend to 
keep things more simple and then add sauces later in the week um, so that I don't get sick of things. So like, for instance, I love making shredded chicken, but I use it in a million different ways. Like you can pop it in some soup. You can freeze it for, you know, half of it for another week. You can make like a curry chicken salad. I ate that yesterday. Um, you can put it in a quesadilla. You could put it in a taquito. You could put it in a taco. So like you can eat it over a salad. Um, so there's so many different ways to use like the basic proteins, rice, um, you know, all the different vegetables you can throw in a frittata or a quiche or a stir fry or, you know, so my clients start thinking in that way where they're like, oh, I, I have extra pesto. I can, let me use that and make a dressing out of it instead of like letting it sit in the fridge for weeks at a time and never using it. Um, so that's kind of like what I teach. It's really not about cooking. It's more about like how to use everything so that there's like literally almost no waste uh -huh. and add fun and variety into your meals. Yeah, I like that you bring in this idea of teaching people to think in a way where we're using a lot of the things in the fridge and in the pantry so it can minimize food waste. I know when I'm talking to a lot of my clients and they bring up, I want to prep or I want to have a loose plan for the week. One of the motivating factors is I tend to leave a lot of stuff in the bottom of my fridge that I've bought at the grocery store if I don't have a plan or right. if I don't have a way to structure this into some meals. And um, if I'm hearing you correctly, just to, to phrase it back for our listeners, the structure that you sometimes recommend or try to teach your clients is, okay, here is a one recipe that you saw online. I see a lot of recipes on TikTok that excite me. Yes. Here's one, you can make that for the week. And that can be the new, more exciting thing that might last for a couple of meals, whether that's dinners or lunches. Then on top of that, it's almost like more ingredient prep than meal mm -hmm. prep. When you're mentioning yeah. base things like a carb of some sort and a protein like the shredded chicken that you could use in a variety of different ways, you have a couple of ingredients and then I call it the sauce drawer like the dressing drawer to dress things up, pun intended, the same base ingredients can feel pretty different. different. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Um, I, it's, it's, it's basically a practice, you know, meal prep is a practice where you have to rewire your brain because if you're not, not used to it, like you think it's only this one way, but it actually can be many different ways, but I teach it in my method, you know, methodology, in a way that really you have, you rewire your brain to start planning, using what you already have, and then adding from the supermarket, mm -hmm. whatever you don't have. So, you know, for instance, like right now I'm, I've spent way too much money on food lately. So I am like basically giving myself a $50 budget a week if necessary to buy fresh fruits and vegetables, because I know I have the grains, I have um, proteins in my freezer. I have things, you know, meals in my freezer, soups in my freezer. I have canned vegetables and beans and things like that. Like I need to start using it. Otherwise, like, what do I do? I just keep on buying more and it's like a waste of money and the food is just sitting around. Um, so basically I'm like playing this game where I'm just eating what's in my 
house for a while. Yeah. I'm going to try to get to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Playing the game of like the grocery store is my pantry. The grocery yeah. store is my freezer. And that could be a cool takeaway too, for our listeners. If you are in a household where you've like stocked pile some things yeah. over months or over the years, and it hasn't gotten used for whatever reason before making a grocery list or before heading out to the store without a plan that's looking at, okay, what do I have? And can I select two to three things that I've been staring at for ages? Of course, only if they're still good, (laughs) but I use these two to three things as the staple or the core ingredients in the meals for the upcoming weeks. And then only purchase the fresh item I might need or the topping that I might need that would really round out or complete the meal. I love that idea. It's like, how can I I have first and then supplement from there? Yeah. I'm huge on inventory, like knowing, keeping an inventory so you know what you have, especially if you have a family, it's like, it can get so out of control. And I, I frequently find that my clients will have a freezer filled of proteins or like you know, bad Trader Joe meals and things like that. And those are all great. But if you want to start like really meal prepping, like those are things you don't need to really meal prep. They're like fast, easy meals that you can make um, to make your life easier, which is great. But if you want to start eating like, you know, more whole foods and things like that, I tell them like, let's use up your freezer first. Like we don't need to buy proteins. We don't need to buy fish because you have like fish sticks in your freezer. Like let's eat that in a taco. It doesn't have to be like a kid food. It could be like in the taco and it's like a fried fish taco basically, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just give them inventive ways to use up what they already have. And then we start from scratch, like stockpiling the freezer with like, you know, smoothie stuff, you know, proteins, bagged vegetables that they can throw into things, um, more, you know, you know, less like, I guess, processed stuff, but like, it depends on the client, you know, what they want. But I love, I love just like really getting down to the bottom of the freezer with them and being like, you have so many things you can eat and use to make regular food, like burritos, chickens, you know, sandwiches, like uh, so many things. And it's wild what you find in the freezer. Oh yeah. in frozen foods are so wonderful for the convenience, for the ease of prep. I like to talk about frozen veggies and fruits a lot with my clients. The fact that they're usually already chopped in or peeled, depending on what we're talking about, that takes a lot of your time and energy out of prepping that. If we look at broccoli, for example, buying the fresh broccoli, you've got to process it and chop it and remove the stems. Whereas if you buy the bag of broccoli florets, it's like already good to go. Now, since we're already on this topic of some freezer stuff and some fruit stuff, and we've led into this by saying, use what you have first, take that inventory. We did get a question about fridge organization or freezer organization tips. I know you have some stuff to say on this. So tell us best practices for organizing and stacking things in there. So we're not forgetting about what we do have. Yeah. Um, So a few tips. If you don't, uh, well, one, I have a freezer freebie that everyone can get uh, just by signing up for my email list, which is linked in my Instagram, um, which includes, you know, like my freezer staples, like how long things last in the freezer, how to maybe organize your freezer, um, and a freezer 
inventory list. However, um, the freezer and the fridge, like you said before, like meal prep can be very stressful. And when you open your fridge and things are just piled in there and you have no idea what's going on, it, it makes your mind stressed and cluttered and like you can't think. So you, I mean, obviously we all just like, oh, we're not having this today. I'm not cooking any of this. Nothing's ready. I'm starving. I'm going to order in or, you know, pick up a bar or whatever it is. And the whole idea of just decluttering really brings your mind at ease and allows you to really see what's happening in your fridge or freezer. So I love to recommend, um, and it doesn't have to be expensive, but I love the like the whole home edit bin situation. If, if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my fridge is very pretty and beautiful, but it, it what makes me excited to cook and want to use up the ingredients. So I do a lot of transferring into jars. Like, you know, if I open a bag of granola, for instance, like instead of having the bag, I like to keep it in the fridge just so it's like stays fresh. Instead of having the bag in my fridge, and all these like plastic bags and stuff, I put everything in jars that I've upcycled. Um, so everything just like looks pretty and I can say, oh, I have more granola. Let me eat that one morning so I can get rid of my yogurt and my granola. Um, I also have a lazy Susan for my condiment. I was just about to say. The <laughs> trick. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I follow like a one in one out rule and I, and I, condensed container so like the other day I made I made I had to make homemade barbecue sauce because I didn't have any barbecue sauce for my taquito recipe which was super easy to make um but now I had a little leftover so like I could freeze it I could I put it in like a little jar and it's it fits in my condiment area so that's fine but next time I'm going to cook like for next week when I meal prep I'm going to look and see what sauces I have randomly sitting around or can I finish the leftover Dijon that's like a tablespoon of Dijon or make a dressing out of it, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So that's how I'm always thinking. And, or can I put it in the freezer for like another day? You know, like I, I had canned mandarins that I used for like a salmon poke bowl the other day. And there was like a few left and I didn't want to eat them all. So I just threw them in the freezer in like a little jar. I was like, Oh, I'll just pop them in a smoothie or I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe like put them with some milk and make like orange and cream milk or, you know, I don't know what idea I'll have whenever, but it's in the freezer. It didn't go to waste. Um, But so as far as organizing, I like to really more so in the freezer. I love the bins. I have a tiny, tiny, tiny freezer. So I can fit so much in these bins. Like I have like a protein bin and then I have like a smaller one in the back that kind of has like bread stuff and just random like frozen pasta things. Um, and then in my little tiny drawer right now, I have a series of, I don't know, maybe like 15 stasher bags, <laughs> color coded um, <laughs> with like different ingredients in each. So like one has like rice, one has mozzarella sticks that were left over from a Trader Joe's bag. One has like passion fruit frozen. One has banana, frozen bananas. One has like um, I don't even know what's in there, but like, I have to go look, it's gonna, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I keep everything frozen and 
whether it's like cooked meal components like rice or chicken or, you know, or frozen fruit, I take everything out of those like bags once I open it. So it stays organized and I can see what I have basically. Yeah. I'm going to need some like photos of the beautiful fridge and freezer setup that you have because like you are speaking my language of like cute things and color coding that is just like what I love like if I in my free time I will be organizing something and making it look cute ah that is so fun (laughs) our listeners can't see but it really is reusable like ziploc looking bags that are color bags yeah, you I'm, even I'm obsessed. Like the Roy G. Biv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the bottle of vodka sticking out. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you really have to get creative. And I find that like when you transfer things to smaller containers, you end up making space. So like by the end of the week in my fridge, like right now, my fridge is fairly empty looking because all the food has been eaten. And like when I, if I make like a big, you know, pasta and I have it in a big container, as I eat it throughout the week, I will condense it, condense it, condense it so that I know like, oh, this little jar of pasta, like I need to eat that before the end of the week because it's going to go bad. So I make sure that like all my stuff that I press is like in one area. Mm. Um, I also have uh, an ebook where in the ebook, I talk about like nighttime routines to have a smoother morning. And one of those things that I do every night is like what am I going to eat for breakfast tomorrow like let's pull out the yogurt let's pull out the granola and put it in an area so that when I'm running to work in the morning I could just grab it along with whatever I'm having for lunch usually on the go so I, t- I do everything the night before kind of like a kid's lunch yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's all about just like always be planning because you never know where you're going to get stuck mm-hmm. like I always you know carry things around with me um, And that way I eat the food that I made. Moving the stuff that you plan to have for breakfast into a little designated area in the fridge with my clients, I call that the launch pad. (laughs) Like, What is on the launch pad ready to go for the next morning? Because it really is such a great idea. If you know you are someone who has rushed mornings or thinking in a very like way that you feel is creative or having an interest in food in the morning to have the decision already loosely made. So you pull it from an area I think is great. Another light bulb moment that I had as you were talking is when you were talking about condensing into smaller containers as the week goes on. I have never thought to do that in my life because I'm someone I'll make a big pasta dish, like you said, or I'll make some kind of stir fry, right? And it's usually a lot at first and I'll put it in this big container and I'll eat it as the week goes on and the amount in the container gets smaller, but I've never thought to change containers. Mostly it's like, I don't want to wash another container, but you're so right. It frees up more space in the fridge and it gives you the visual of how much is left. And also it frees up space in your mind because when you open that fridge, you're like, oh, there's too much food in here still, even though the, the container's empty, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and you're like, I can't decide, you know? But if it's so small, you're like, oh, I only have this left over. I yeah. don't have the, the visual clutter. Again, it plays into, you know, the stress factor and overwhelming feeling of like making a choice of what you're going to eat. Um, and, you know, even when I make a meal plan, like I actually posted one on my Instagram 
for lunches and dinners. And like, I still have to go and look at it, you know, every night and be like, oh, what am I going to have for lunch and dinner? And obviously it's changeable, of course. Sometimes I flip-flop them. Sometimes like, oh, I'm going to be out. So let me take the thing that's easy to take with me and have the other thing for dinner. But like you said, it's not like set in stone. There are things on my list that like, if I don't get to, that's fine because maybe they were in the freezer to begin with and I didn't take them out yet. Or maybe it's something I can freeze for next week instead if a dinner pops up or, you know, an event that I can't. Yeah, so that's kind of like what I preach is being flexible, but also having a plan because you just never know where your day is going to take you. Yeah. A flexible plan. And the, the final thing that I want to point out or, or re-highlight for our listeners before we get to our last two questions on the organization front is what you were saying about bins. If you have space for them in the fridge or if you can make space for them, especially in the freezer, I think this could work for the fridge as well, but labeling one proteins or mm-hmm. foods that are already cooked or in the freezer, like meals that are already pre-made right. freezer meal. Yeah, that's such a wonderful way to categorize certain things. So if you are prepping a meal and you say, okay, I would like to add a vegetable to this. Let me check my vegetable container and pull it out. It's just such a great way to not forget about what you have. So I think that's a great. Um, Okay, next question. This one is pretty specific, but I don't want to blow past it because we did get it (laughs) from a listener. How do you prep rice without it getting hard and gross? Yeah, okay. So there's a few things. So I love to prep. Number one, you can freeze rice, just like you buy frozen rice Uh and you pop it in the microwave for 90 seconds. You can do the same with your own rice that you make. So I always make more or I make like a cup, but that makes a lot for one person. So I tend to freeze half of it in a stasher bag. Um, So it'll be fully cooked. I'll freeze it in the stasher bag. And then when I'm ready to go eat it, I'll, I'll literally take it out of my, the freezer or out of the fridge. If it was like defrosting in there and I'll pop it, I'll just open the bag a little bit and it can go in the microwave because it's microwave safe and it steams it within the bag. So it's definitely similar to like your 90 second steamable rice. But if you have rice and you, you know, you have it in your leftover Tupperware container, it's in the fridge, the next day you wanna have some for lunch or dinner or breakfast and you wanna microwave it, there's two ways you can put, I think you could put like an ice cube in it, in the bowl, and then it like steams it but I prefer to do like a wet paper towel over the bowl of rice and then microwave it. The other thing you can do is put it back on the stove top in a pot with like a little bit of maybe coconut milk if you want to have a little coconutty flavor or a little water and just let it steam in its own, uh, you know, rice uh, granules or whatever. <laughs> my mind is blown right now when you said- <laughs> You can freeze rice that you have cooked immediately. My response is why have I never thought <laughs> to do that? Yeah. You're right. I think of um the, the box of Trader Joe's steaming yeah, frozen rice, rice three packets. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I've never rice. thought about recreating <laughs> that. That's a brilliant idea, especially because um, I'm someone who very much 
overestimate. I'm like, that yeah. won't make that much rice. And then the grains swell and it's like, wow, I have three times the amount of rice I thought I was going to have. So getting it in those microwave safe bags or even just yeah. reheating it with a wet paper towel, I think is a great way to bring some of the freshness back. So it's not the hard little grains that we sometimes get after it's been sitting in the fridge. So good tips. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that listener is listening and makes rice and enjoys it microwave the next day. Rice. Okay. <laughs> next question. And last one that we have here before we wrap and we tell people where they can find you any ideas for some vegetarian meals, specifically ones that have some source of vegetarian protein in them? Yeah. Um, okay. So my favorites are mainly, I would say beans, obviously lentils and tofu. I, I love for meal prep for specifically, I love making crispy tofu and that is something you can meal prep but it's also something you can make in, you know, well, it takes time to cook to get crispy, but if you have an air fryer or in the oven, I just cube up tofu. I don't press the water out of it, extra firm, cube it up, put it, you can spray it with oil on parchment and then either air fry it till it's like crispy or bake it. Um, and I like to have that even cold, like the next day dipped in, like whatever sauce you want, whether it's like an Asian-y kind of sauce or the ranch dressing or add it to your salad or burrito, whatever. Um, obviously it's still not, it doesn't stay crispy in the fridge, but you can also crisp it back up and throw it in a stir fry or anything like that. So that's a great thing to, that takes, you know, 20 to 30 minutes to crisp up. So it's a good thing to do during meal prep um, and then throw into various dishes. As far as lentils, like my favorite, if you shop at Trader Joe's or um, they have the, the steamed lentils already cooked in mm. the fridge area. So, you know, th again, throw those into salads, things like that. But actually recently, um, so I was saying about these sloppy Joe's, um, it's really a sloppy Jane recipe by this blogger, but um, she, she doesn't say anything about using any other meat besides beef, but I've done it with turkey. And recently I recommended for somebody to do it with lentils because it's basically ground meat. So anywhere that you use ground meat, if you season the lentils that are already cooked as the same as the meat, I think that would be a great meal. I think that's a I great mean, idea. Especially yeah. I don't want to say a lot of people are like scared of lentils, but I ate so they don't know what to do based for a long time. I don't anymore. I still love plants and eat them when yeah. I want. But I always was a little bit timid of lentils. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? I didn't really have the creativity to zhuzh them up in a way that didn't just feel like a scoop of lentils, lentils on my plate. But yeah, the sauce, or I love your idea, wherever a recipe calls for a ground meat using similar seasonings that you would on the meat on the lentils yeah. is a, a great option. Yeah. And I mean, you can make like, purees and burgers and you can throw them in stir fry you can throw them in um actually I have a friend who makes like a lentil frittata she just oh. like for added like protein like she just puts like lentils in her eggs and you can't really taste it you know it's just like so there's so many um the other idea I love obviously beans like chili is a great one a great way to use up a lot of different things in your pantry like so many cans of things um and also 
really good for you and filling and protein rich. Um, what else? Those are like my main sources, I would say. Well, but she said vegetarian, not vegan. So eggs. I love hard boiled eggs. Uh-huh. Uh, is that vegetarian? Yeah, that's yeah, vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. People have a lot of different, a lot of different types. Lacto ovo. Yeah. Lacto ovo vegetarian. Maybe there's a lacto vegetarian. We don't know. Um, but I was even going to say on your, your chili idea, another way that I have beefed up pun intended the protein content actually with no beef. Um, I have taken the vegetarian chili and then a plain Greek yogurt. That's a really great, like sour cream. Yeah. Protein right. Than the sour cream would be adding a, a little blob of that not only helps to cool it down. So you won't burn your mouth, but it makes it a little creamy mm-hmm. and it's a great way to add more protein to any kind of like soup, specifically the chili, as long as you know, the, the person is okay with dairy. Yeah. Um, and one more thing about vegetarian, like specifically at Trader Joe's, like I love that Madras lentil packet. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's also like a microwavable packet. And I just eat, like, I'll eat that whole thing. It's so good. It's just like lentils and beans. And sometimes I'll put it over my frozen rice. (laughs) Um, and you know, so there are definitely good options for like just strict plant-based proteins I think um I think there's so much and obviously Google has like so many recipes oh for sure yeah and um earlier you mentioned the frittata idea as being a really great way to use up random veggies random like starches or carbohydrates whether it's rice or like potatoes potato Mm -hmm. totally it's a really great um like protein even sausage Uh even turkey crumbles sausage crumbles um I mean I like to have like like chicken, like leftover grilled chicken, avocado and eggs, like for breakfast sometimes, like with toast or whatever. So like you can eat dinner for breakfast. It's okay. Totally. I tell my clients, (laughs) any food can be a breakfast food. If you just believe any food. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, Ellie, this has been really, really great. I hope our listeners are just like writing or typing down these ideas frantically. That would be me like, Oh, that idea. And I want to do this, especially like the rice. You just revolutionized how oh. I cook rice. So thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. Go ahead and, and tell our listeners where they can find you. I know you've mentioned a couple of freebies or things that people can grab. We'll be sure to link that in the show notes, but tell okay, them awesome. where they can get more info. On. So um, I'm revamping my website. It should be op- coming out very soon. So eventually that will be a great hub excuse me. Um, but right now, and probably always Instagram is where the fun is at and where I do pretty much everything first. So I would say, follow me on Instagram at feed your sister. And, um, in my link in bio there has the freezer freebie, the link to my ebook, which is like 80 plus pages, like a full how to guide of keeping a functional, efficient meal prepping kitchen with all the freezer lists and pantry list and the rice idea. So many ideas are in there. So um, definitely a great deal. Um, and my freezer freebie is there too. Cool. And awesome. I love, I love DMing with everyone. So come say hi. 
Oh yeah. yeah. That's how you and I connected D- DM yeah. voice memo. So yeah, I guess if our listeners have any follow-up questions or want to pick your brain or learn more about your resources, they can find you on Instagram. Seems like the number one place to go. And then they can link off to other resources from there. Um, but Elliot, thank you again so much for your time. Our listening friends, that is all we have for you today. So we're going to go ahead and sign off by saying yours, Julie, Claire, and Elia. And that's a wrap for episode 176 with Elia Wolberger on the Yours Truly podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and you're maybe taking a couple of tips or some new ideas or inspiration away to incorporate into your grocery shopping or your upcoming meal planning endeavors. As a final reminder, if you want to learn more about the Yours Truly Collective, it is my new monthly membership program. You can find the link and the information down in the show notes below. Enrollment is open now and closes on this upcoming Sunday, January 29th, and it will not be open again until the end of April. So if you want to learn more and join us and be one of the 45 individuals in the membership, be sure to check out the link in the show notes below. And lastly, if you love today's episode or anything else that we share here on the podcast, you can tap those five stars, leave a review if you feel so inclined, or if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, you can take a screenshot and text it out, email it, or even post it on your social media story, tagging both Elia and myself so we can say hey and thanks for listening. But until next month, I hope you stay nourished, stay hydrated, stay all the things, and I'll see you back here soon. Have a good month. Bye.